everybody. Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, I'm the Side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad the Side. And Tad, had ourselves an eventful weekend. I mean, in case, in case you didn't check it out, we did our third annual. That is right. We have done this for three years in a row, and it's definitely not going to stop. We'll definitely be doing it next year as well. Uh, but we did our third annual live stream for the Senior Bowl. Um, the game might have been a bit of a dud, but I mean, it's, please check out the on-demand version because, yeah, maybe we didn't discuss the game as much, but we discussed a lot of great content when it came to college football, the NFL draft, I mean, the NFL as well, some of those storylines. So we covered a lot of great content for sure, so make sure you turn back, check out the on-demand version. Maybe you don't have to watch all three hours. If you watch all three hours, I mean, power to you. You're one of our biggest supporters. Thank you. I sure. appreciate that. Exactly. I really appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you. It's hard to digest for three hours, or maybe you'll break it up into like, you know, a bunch of half an hour segments or hour segments, whatever you want to do. But yeah, if you listen to the whole thing, we definitely greatly appreciate that. But even if you can only catch a portion of it, we would really appreciate that as well. But just, yeah, Ted. Fun as always. Like, I mean, we usually have a lot of fun between just me and you, but we always have great guests. We had our good friends, uh, Jamal Modney. We had Alfred Rowe. Ryan Dyrud was there for the beginning for a little bit as well. He was well. there for like 15 seconds. Hey, man, he was still there. He was still there. I think it was close to like maybe the half of the first quarter and then he that seems right yeah that does yeah, seem so, right but, but he was there for a good portion he contributed for sure as well but i mean tad ton of fun as always uh, it was and uh you know and, and how about this for a tease if you want to see just your most typical tad luck of all time this game was it and we'll get into why later on in this episode <laughs> yes uh, that is true because of that fucking true. course about it Oh my gosh! Yeah. It was it was. We'll most get into me- it today's episode for it's, sure. <laughs> yes, we will. Because I'm going to I'm going to defend myself. Um, but because I was so shell shocked at that game, it's like yes, it was a bit of a dud. But you know, it was one of those things of like it was a good game defensively, and I learned a lot from that game. I haven't watched kind of like what you said. I haven't watched all of it. I've been kind of splitting the game up into pieces and kind of scouting all over the field because obviously you can't see everyone the first time around and uh there's a lot of great you know information a lot of great uh tape i'm getting out of this game so even though yeah the score was not great the there was a not a lot of action i'm getting a lot of info out of there so it's it's still a good watch if you're a draft nerd like us and if you're not we got you covered exactly exactly but yeah in case you did watch the game i mean yeah the score was not all that great i mean so just the actual not game a single touchdown after the after the halftime yeah we had the first score in the very beginning but outside of that i mean it was just very just you know uneventful unfortunately for the most part your senior bowl mvp was spencer rattler bullshit. after going bullshit four, we're gonna talk about for this. 65 yards four and the one touchdown that he had so four. i mean how does four passes get you the mvp yeah a little surprising for sure but yeah the final score was 16 to 7 and the Amer- national team defeated the american team um so yeah it was good. It was good times. Obviously, on the live stream, the game itself, if you're watching on your own. It probably wasn't all that exciting. But with today's episode, we want to get into some winners and some losers from the game as far as who improved their draft stock. Because like we talked about before we got into all this draft content, it's like this is sort of like the unofficial kickoff to draft season. That it's like, you know, now we got these games. Uh, then obviously we got the combine. Then we got the pro dates. And then, of course, finish with the draft itself at the end of April. So this is when you really need to showcase your talent and your skill set and show where you improved, where people are sort of saying that, Maybe he needs to work in these certain areas. And so, yeah, this was a very critical game, the whole practice week as well, um, as well as the East-West Shrine game that happened in the same week. It happened on Thursday. So, yeah, definitely this was the kickoff for all of that. But before we get into our content, we definitely need to give a shout-out shout out to our wonderful sponsors, our partners at Underdog Fantasy. I mean, just we continue to be just big supporters of their platform, both on the betting side as well as the fantasy side. I'll start with the fantasy side. I mean, Tad, it's just a really easy and fun way to get into fantasy football also fantasy other sports as well such as football but i mean just they are very much um used for their best ball platform if you're not familiar with best ball once again it's just sort of like you draft and you sort of set it and you forget it you don't have to worry about starts and sits you don't have to worry about the waiver wire you don't have to worry about trades you literally just draft your roster at the beginning of the season whoever you have is who you have the entire season and 
best thing about that is that you don't even have to worry, like I said, about start sit. So each and every week, uh, the fantasy platform with underdog will optimize your lineup so you get the best scores at every position. So you have the maximum amount of score each and every week. So you never have to worry about like, oh my God, should I start Rasheed Rice or should I start uh, Kendrick Bourne in this situation? But this will take care of that for you. So you never have to worry about leaving a guy on the bench who goes off for you and starting a guy who ends up being an absolute dud for you. So that's a great thing. But I think the one thing that me and Ted love about the Underdeck Fantasy platform is the other side, which is the betting. So you get into the fun here where you pick anywhere between two and five different prop bet picks. It could be anything from like, you know, Brock Purdy over one and a half passing touchdowns to, you know, uh, Rasheed Rice over four and a half receptions. And it's just like, you know, you'd pick any of two, like I said, two to five. And it's not just the NFL. They got you covered with the NBA. MLB is going to be starting up at the end of the month. I mean, that me and Tad are both excited for that. You got the NHL, you got college basketball, you got MMA. They got all the sports. So you pick anywhere between two to five different prop picks against all sports. And the more you pick, the more potential money that you can win. And I mean, it's just a really fun way to get into the platform as far as betting is concerned. It's a really easy way to do it. They have a great website. They have a great web uh, app as well on Android and Apple devices. I mean, Tad, it's been fantastic. And they will want to get you the action for sure by giving us a great promo code. Use our promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I. You could double up on your deposit of $10 or more up to $500. So, I mean, hypothetically, if you were to put in $500, the maximum, on your first initial deposit – they will match it dollar for dollar. And you will get $1,000 worth of betting on their platform so you can sort of bet to your heart's content. I mean, anything that you want to do. Uh, but yeah, once again, use that promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I, to double up on your initial deposit of $10 or more up to $500. I mean, Tad, really quickly, I mean, this has just been a fantastic partnership. And I mean, we both just love this platform. No, I truly mean this when I say this, is they are my favorite partners we've ever made a deal with is because their site is so easy to use. And plus, they care about their customers. And I know you're like, wow, original. They care about their customers. Every company says this. What other betting company gives you an insurance option where like, hey, you lose out on one bet where you're this close to making money? We got you covered. Well, so you won't win as much, which is fair, but you'll still make money. Not even break even. You'll make money. And they have an automatic by the way, an automatic feature where if you break even, I think if it's uh, if you make three or more bets and you hit on two of them, automatically you break even. You at least get your money back. That's not even an option you have to pay more for. That's insane to me. They are so better friendly. I know I say that every episode, but there's a reason why is because they are. And on top of that, like you said, it's across all sports. They had a Caitlin Clark over under that I was this close to taking, and I know nothing about Iowa basketball. I assume that they score more than the Iowa football offense. <laughs> I'd like I to think feel so. feel like that's a safe assumption. Caitlin other... Clark single-handedly can score more She's than the so Iowa offense from last yeah, year. <laughs> Just put her in a quarterback at this point. Like, I mean, hey, we saw how she decked that Ohio State fan. That was pretty impressive. Ooh, but yeah. uh, point being is like, yes, they're across all sports. It's super easy to do cross-sport betting. I know some other sites are like, you know, oh, the odds are changing because you're doing a cross-sports. They don't do any of that. They just go, here are odds. If they hit that over. You're good. If they don't, you're yeah. I'm just now just now hit me that I usually take the over on these things. But point being is they make really fun bets too. They're not all easy to win because that's the fun of betting, right? And so, like you said, I actually I know you probably pulled that number out of nowhere, but the Rasheed Rice four and a half receptions. I bet you the Super Bowl number is actually going to be that close because it that's be. that's be. going to be tough, Rasheed Rice, because you know they're going to be the uh, 49ers are going to be focusing on him. And speaking of Super Bowl bets. We have an episode coming out later this week with our best game bets and our best prop bets. And you can bet, see what I did there, that our game bets are coming straight from Underdog Fantasy. So when you watch that episode, because we know you will, uh, and you say, hey, that is good odds, and Tad made a great point. Amir, I'm not so sure about. I want to put some money on that. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I want to put some money on that. Underdog Fantasy is exactly where you go. And before you do put your money on that, be sure to use that promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I, because they will truly match any amount you make on your first deposit. So, guys, trust us. Underdog Fantasy, that's where all the fun's at. 
exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. So with that, Tad, with the promotion out of the way, let's definitely get into today's content with today's episode, like we're sort of talking about. We're going to get into some Senior Bowl winners, and we're going to get to some Senior Bowl losers. So, yeah, obviously we're going to start with some winners. Let's start with some positive here. So, Tad, who was one of the winners that escaped, or not even escaped, but just left that game improving their draft stock as, like we said, a winner? So for our listening audience, I'm smiling ear to ear right now. And it's not fake. It's not for the show. I swear to God, I, I truly did not expect this. And I loved every second of it. Amani Bailey, the running back out of TCU. That yeah, dude, yeah. I mean, Utah coming out of the gates running. My God, he had a great game. And that was the thing, too, is like he had such a strong first drive. Not even just first quarter, even though his first quarter was also strong. The first drive. Remember, let's play over under. Over under four touches for him in the first drive. Pretty sure it was over. It was over. It was five yeah. touches, and here's the best part. It was five straight touches. I know. I know. I remember we were watching that game, but we were just like, man, they're really giving it to Amadi Bailey and really using him a lot. It was just, yeah, surprising, but he was also effective. And I'll I, let you speak I, to that. I, I was the Michael Jackson popcorn meme in the beginning of that game. Like, oh, okay, this is – I was very quiet, and the whole reason is, like, I, I need to watch this. And Amadi Bailey, you know, and I know what, you know, our our – you know, loyal listeners and viewers are going to say is, didn't you say he came out too early just a couple weeks ago? And he did. And I still like stand by that. I think this performance shows that had he had another super productive season at TCU, he'd be firmly in that first round conversation, especially after a senior bowl performance like this. Unfortunately, this draft is so good. I don't think he's, he played himself quite into that realm yet, but I do think I really do mean this. I do think that he has played himself into the conversation of being the first running back off the board in this year's draft. And we talked about this a little bit during the live stream of this isn't the strongest running back class. So with his strong performance, I think he's going to test fairly well. I don't think he's going to blow up any numbers. I don't think he's going to run a four, three or anything like that, but I think he's going to test fairly well, the combine. And like you mentioned, the start of the episode, after that, it's only the pro day and who looks bad at their pro day. So as long as he doesn't completely blow it at the combine, I really think that he has played himself into definite second round consideration. And it's just all because of his amazing performance. You look at his stats. He had uh, yeah, look at his stats. I have to scroll up to look at him. Uh, 10 carries for 53 yards. So that's 5.3 yards per carry. Thank God it was 10 carries. That just makes the math so much easier. Thank you. you yes, Thank you. Sure. Thank you, coaching staff. <laughs> so 5.3 yards per carry. But then on top of that, he had four catches for 34 yards. And that is the part I think that really helped his draft stock as he showed. I'm not just a runner because he did show great explosiveness. He was able to hit those, you know, offensive line holes very, very well. Um, showed really good vision, but he also showed I'm a pass catcher too. I can do both sides of, you know, this position. I can do both of them very well and be productive in them. So I think that Monty Bailey, honestly, coming out of that, like that's why I think, look, Spencer Rattler had a good game. Don't get me wrong. But four passes compared to what, 15, 14 touches? where you produce with every single one of them? Like, how does that not get MVP? I think if Amani Bailey would have scored a touchdown, he would have been the MVP. And here's the bigger part, too, is he showed really good heart. And normally I hate when, you know, scouts and other, you know, draft analysts say that. I'm like, he shows a lot of, you know, toughness, a lot of grit. But there was a interception by his team late in the game, and he chased the guy down. He was one yard. The defensive back was one yard away from a pick six. Who brings him down? Amani Bailey, who was keeping up with him the entire time. He showed no quit in that play. I really, really like him. And how about this, Mer? So for both my winner and my loser, I have the best NFL fits. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So okay. for Amani yeah. Bailey, best NFL fits. I think the Raiders is a fascinating fit for him. Okay. Is a okay. good change of pace back. Other than Josh Jacobs, you can't really, you know, kind of hand him the ball 300 times a season and continue expecting to hold up. So I think that with his dual threat, uh, you know, ability, it's a very, very interesting, you know, kind of backup running back that who can develop behind Jacobs there for a while. Uh, the Eagles, don't forget DeAndre Swift is an upcoming free agent. No one's really sure if Philadelphia's going to bring him back. He had a good season. So is he going to demand too much money? I could see it. The Eagles, great you know, kind of needing, uh, I have a great need of that dual threat running back. And then finally, this is my dream team for him, the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens can utilize him really, really well. So I, I like those three fits. I think Imani Bailey 
It would not shock me if we heard his name called in round two. It would shock me if he fell out round three. Let's pump the brakes. No, no. <laughs> after that, after that performance, no way. No. Uh-uh. He had a great game. I mean, I'm not going to deny the fact that he had a great game, and he really improved his draft stock. So I 100% think he's a winner. But I think just you're underestimating the talent at the top of this running back draft class. You got guys like Jonathan Brooks from Texas. You got Bucky Irving from Oregon. You got he's Blake Corum from Michigan. So I mean, it's just like you got a lot of great I, guys. I see right now. Here. I I put so by he's better. I mean that uh, Emmanuel Bailey is better than. And who was the guy? First one you named? John the Brooks out of Texas? Yeah, no, he's better than Brooks. He's not better than Irving. I will say Irving is better okay, than Bailey, okay. just to show I'm not being totally biased here. But I'm telling you, he's in that conversation. And he has a lot of talent. And I think just him succeeding at the combine as well, him succeeding as pro day is definitely going to improve his draft stock. But I think the second round is just a little too rich for my blood for Amadi Bailey. But I mean, there's a lot of skills that you like. I mean, everything that you laid out where he's got the pass catching ability, he's got good running ability. He's just a good in pass protection too, based on the tape. Obviously you didn't see it as much in this game, but you did see it on the tape that I was watching. Cause I had running backs and scouts. I, wa- I was watching this guy and I saw a lot of things that I liked, but I think there's still a lot of things that he used to, prove on as well but just yeah that's the whole point of the draft process that's the whole point of this you know next handful of months but i think he can be a significant piece to a nfl backfield but i'm leaning more towards like with the game that he had i'm leaning more towards the end of the third top of the fourth like i mean there's still a lot that he could improve on there's still a lot that i like and there's a lot that scouts are going to be happy about with everything that you laid out but like i said i think just unfortunately some of the talent at the top is just still a little bit better than what he's offering but you never know because i mean he could be drafted later than lots of these guys but he could way outperform them i mean i'm not ruling that out of the possibility for sure depending if he lands the right situation all those teams you listed out if he lands in philadelphia lands in baltimore um what was the other team that you listed it was baltimore philly and las vegas las vegas i mean that's a great opportunity as well so i mean if he lands in a good opportunity then 100 he could see more carries for sure see more touches overall and he could become more utilized in an offense compared to somewhere else but i think for me like i said i think it's it's great you got the tcu love there with the right back there but i think just let's ease it up a little let's pull back on the reins here but i I think he's got a lot of talent but 100 percent, i think yeah i agree with you that if he has scored a touchdown he should have been the senior bowl winner uh, Abs- absolutely. Well, yeah, senior bowl winner as well, though. But um, <laughs> 100% I, winner, I, yes. and like I said, I think a big, uh, you know, a big reason why I'm hyping uh, him up so much is I think, again, he's going to test pretty well at the combine. That is my full okay. expectation. Okay. But if he falls flat at the combine, if his, you know, for God help him, if his 40 time is below like four or five, if he runs a four, six, four, seven, that's going to kill him. Um, So, it, it, you know, it's it's both sides of the coin. There is like if he performs well at the combine this take becomes even better because that I think at that point it's set in stone of like, he is going to be one of the top running backs in this year's draft. If he underperforms, he's going to go right back where he was like that performance means nothing because God, they put way too much stock in the combine, but we'll, we'll see in just a couple of weeks. And I'm telling you right now, you, our viewers, our listeners, he is going to be on my combine watch list when we inevitably do that episode. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. But yeah, very successful day, very successful practice week as well for Amani Bailey at a TCU, the running back. So I'm going to get to my winner here and I'm going to bring up a guy that was sort of like a fringe top five corner discussion here. But I think with the game that he had and the practice week that he had, I think he cements himself in that top five as well, but maybe moved him up a little bit higher depending on how the rest of his draft season goes. And that is the defensive back cornerback out of Toledo, Quinion Mitchell. Um, I mean, looking at him in practice, I mean, there's a lot of reps that I saw that just receivers had a hard time going against him. Like, I mean, I know there's sort of like you get the advantage where it's like the receivers have more versatility as far as where they're going to go out of field. And the defensive back really has to play off of what they're doing. And so there's a few times some of the receivers got the best of them, but it was like very few and far between when somebody got the best of Quinion Mitchell. I mean, he was just really just having a strong week all week. He followed up with a pretty good game as well. And I mean, just overall, just he is showcasing some of the things that made him such a big prospect at a very small school in Toledo. Like he had 
had really good read and react skills. Um, he was sticky in coverage. Like, I mean, just like I said, not letting the receivers get separation, both in practice as well as on the tape that I saw back to some of his playing games as well. Um, showed good awareness, showed good aggressive fix when it's called for it. He wasn't just aggressive for the hell of it. He was undercutting routes when he needed to so he could make some good, you know, pass deflections and forcing some interceptions as well. And I think the big thing heading into this week that a lot of people were concerned with is that Toledo plays with a very zone-heavy scheme. So he was perfect in his zone scheme, but it's like, okay, how's he going to work in press and man coverage? He was able to showcase that with the one-on-one -on -one drills with a lot of these receivers. And like I said, he was able to show that he's like, okay, yeah, I could play in this type of uh, system as well. So I mean, having that versatility being both man coverage as well as the zone coverage. I mean, this guy is going to be very valued by all these draft scouts looking for an upgrade at the quarter position. And I mean, like I said, he was sort of like, this quarter class is very interesting because I don't think there's a set definition as far as like who is the clear cut number one guy. And it's like it all sort of is going to range in between that top five. And Quinya Mitchell was in that discussion before. Some people are saying like he's maybe like the sixth or seventh, but I think with a solid week, I think he definitely entrenches himself as number five for sure. But I think depending on how the draft season goes, like I said, with the solid combine and a solid pro day, he could maybe move himself up to being one of the first quarters taken off the board. I think he has that type of talent. But once again, I think maybe the one thing that may worry a few scouts is just because he goes to small school, whether he could sort of translate that to the NFL. But I feel the senior bowl practice week and the game itself sort of alleviated those issues, but maybe not all of them. But like I said, I think the next couple of months will be very critical for Cranion Mitchell, but I a hundred percent think he was one of the winners leaving senior bowl week. No, I mean, as I was doing my research for this, uh, you know, look at the, I don't know if you ran into this problem, look at the stats for uh, this year's game was a lot harder. It's usually than tough. It yeah. Is. It's usually tough. Yeah. Like usually like ESPN has it or something. And then the, it's just like, we have the stats for this game and it's only the stats of the player that he's, you know, talked about, of course, but yeah. that was a guy that kept popping up. And look, I have not scout. I, I've scouted maybe, I don't know, two or three defensive backs and I include sure. safeties and corners so far right. uh, in this year's process. So that's actually high on my list of stuff to get done next after this episode. Um, so I'll admit, I'm not very knowledgeable about this, but I will say this is, it seems like this happens not every year, but pretty often a senior bowl where a small school, not necessarily small school, but a, unknown corner comes into the week and then like you said kills in practice everyone's like this guy's awesome can he do it in the game and he does it in the game uh over a decade ago how about this for making you feel old it was richard sherman that's when i first fell in love with richard sherman was that the senior because yeah. i'm like yeah. this dude is huge and he's fast Oh my God. And like you said, like he helped his stock because going into the senior bowl, he was seen as a late round prospect. If I'm not mistaken, the Seahawks took him in the third round. He was a fifth round pick. Oh shit. So oh, Richard so, Sherman, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That was a fifth yeah, yeah. Round pick. So, okay. So he helped his stock. Not as much as I thought, but hey, he got drafted. <laughs> and then this is a guy, a hometown hero for me, is uh, a guy, and I know people are going to go like, who the hell are you talking about? But he's still in the league uh, back in, I want to say almost a decade ago, maybe 2013, 2014, something around that. A guy by the name of Pierre Desir. Oh, yes, Pierre Desir. Pierre Desir came out of a D2 school located in the heart of St. Louis, Lindenwood University. Lindenwood, what mascot? Oh, this one's Lord, mean. I, that one's mean. I have mean. no idea. I really have no idea. It's an alliteration. I'll give you that. Linden Wood. I don't know. The Ligers. Oh, you were so close. Oh, come, on. come on, Napoleon Dynamite Liger. I don't know. I couldn't think of any other animal that started with an L. How about half of the animal you just named? They're the Lindenwood Lions. The Lions, okay. Well, it was, you're trying How to ask me to think on the fly. Liger over Lions? I don't know. Maybe they're different. There's Lindenwood. It's a small school. It's just like, you know, the Colorado School of Mines Spiders. Like, I mean, maybe it was just, I like no idea. You went Liger over Lions with the alliteration hint. Maybe that's trying to be original. That's amazing. Original. Point being is, I was very excited. Like, I remember watching, because I did not, that was before I, like, really started getting in the draft. And now I, I kind of recognized that helmet. Because, uh, you know, they had like their high school championships and stuff at, you know, their stadium. And I was like, is that Lindenwood? And lo and behold, Desir went from an undrafted, you know, prospect to he was also a mid-round prospect. Um, I believe he was drafted by the Browns, if I'm not mistaken. And then he would go on to play for the Colts and a bunch of other teams. But he's still in the league. Uh, he's with the Seahawks, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's a Seahawk now. But bottom line being is every not every year but most years there seems to be a you know unknown corner who comes in and makes a big name for himself and it solidifies him to be drafted 
Um, and on top of that, I think you're absolutely right that if there was a time for this guy to help his stock, this was it because, uh, you know, and I, I'd be fascinated to see if I'm pronouncing this guy's name right. Cause I've watched his tape. I don't know how to say his name. Cooper Dijon. 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 Damn it. Fucking French name. Um, right now he's slated as my number one corner. Um, a lot of people are studying him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but his stock is not flatlined, but it's just been steady because, you know, he didn't participate in the Senior Bowl. So, you know, he's done really nothing to help his stock at all. Um, and then Kalen King, I, I, again, I did not watch a lot of practices, but from everything I've read, he had a rough, rough week this week, and he was once seen as the top corner here. So as, you know, guys like Kalen King are either dropping or staying steady, if you're rising, yeah, this is the best time to do it. Exactly. And yeah, you bring up Cooper DeGene, you got Terry and Arnold, you got Cooley McKinstry, mm. uh, you got also Nate Wiggins. Those all go to big schools. So it's like, obviously, they're going to get a lot of attention. But yeah, if you're coming for a small school, you may not get the same attention. But this is the critical week where it's like, if you can put on a show during this week, going against all those other big boys, that's like, that's really making a name for yourself. So yeah, Quinjon Mitchell, I think, is a winner for sure, leaving Senior Bowl week. All right, Tad, let's sort of flip it here. Let's get to the losers, unfortunately, here. Oh, this is gonna be fun. I want to defend myself here. <laughs> Let's get into. I we're not. We're not, no, 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 no. We're not doing any of the whole intro bullshit. No, we're getting straight into this fucker. Okay, right? let's hear it. Let's hear it. You guys were unfair to me on Saturday. <laughs> In fairness, it wasn't all me. It was mainly Alex. You, you helped them. You egged them on. I did encourage them. Yes, I did encourage them, but I did not initiate a lot of the things. They were the electricity. You were the generator, and you knew damn well what you were doing. <laughs> At any point in this dra- in that live stream, did I say I love this quarterback? He's gonna be great. At any point, did I, you know, regal him with that much praise? No, you never said that. All I said, I watched it back because they gave me so much shit for this during the live stream. I'm like, God, did I talk him up more than I thought I did? All I said about him was, I watched his tape. I like him more than I thought I would. I think there's some promise there. And he goes on to have, admittedly, a horrific game. The entire time, I'm getting ripped apart. I'm like, Ted, you said you love this guy. Look at this. Oh, Ted, who you got for the Super Bowl? I'm taking the opposite. Clearly, this man's cursed. It was like, what the hell is going a little on? Bit. I am not like exaggerating that. at all. I don't think I you exaggerate. I'd say we have to exaggerate how much you loved him. That's you know, the fun yes. of it. You, you guys absolutely you did that. No, it was horrific because I was like, all I said was like he was better than I thought. I didn't say he was amazing or anything. And that is why I'm saying, fuck Sam Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sam Hartman. I already hate Notre Dame oh. from the bottom of my heart. Hence why, like, look. And this this happens, right? I think most people will agree with this, where you try as a draft analysis, you know, analyst going into watching guys tape and you're like, okay, I know he's a Ohio State guy. I know he's a Notre Dame guy. I know he's a Baylor guy. Just try to be as, you know, like as as unbiased as possible. And I am, but you know there's that slight part of you when they make a bad play and you're like, yes, and you're just like, all right, yeah, he has this weakness. Hartman made that really hard watching his tape. Uh, cause he made a lot of really, really good plays. And, you know, Jamal Monty, the mom men, um, touched on this, uh, you know, during the live stream of, he looked good, not just at Notre Dame, but at Wake Forest. He was really good at Wake Forest. That's why he transferred Notre Dame was to, you know, one last go of it. This is my last year in college football. Let's try to win the title. Um, and he, he looked much better at Wake Forest than he did at Notre Dame, which was weird. And cause at Notre Dame, the first thing that stood out to me and at, at first I was like, maybe it's a bad game. And uh, in case it's not obvious, I had quarterbacks. So I watched a lot of his tape and he floats. And I even said this, by the way, you did. I, you I did. said this. I was you like, he, he, I said this on the front end too. I it's hate true. you guys. It's I true. hate you guys so much, <laughs> so much for putting this on me. So he floats like every pass he gets. It doesn't matter whether or not it needs to be like a zip, like right in there on a slant, or if it's like a 30 yard pass down the field, he literally floats every single one. And good God, did that hurt him on Saturday? It was so bad that he floated every single pass. And this was part of, I had to look up these stats at multiple sources. Cause I was like, there's no way this is right. He went, do you know his completion, uh, attempt ratio? In the senior bowl or like in, in this in the senior bowl. season in the senior bowl. God, it was horrendous. But Do you want to guess? No, I don't have the number. Take a um, guess. Completion percentage. I probably have to say. 
46%? Lower. If I'm doing my math correct. I'm pretty sure it's lower. He went seven for 25. Seven for 25. I saw that at first. I was like, there's no way that's right. And so that's why I had to go to multiple sources to look it up. That is correct. He went seven for 25 for 66 yards and a pick. And that pick was horrific because, of course, it, it, not only was the throw bad, he, like, you know, kind of was, you know, pushed out of the pocket, and he just throws a duck, like an absolute floater because, of course, uh, to, you know, a Louisville defender. And, by the way, Louisville Twitter had a lot of fun with that one. Um, and just he, the, the corner was right in front of the receiver. It never had a shot of being completed to anyone but the defense. I left out the context. That was with 45 seconds left in the half inside the red zone. You cannot throw a pick there. And what makes this downfall even worse is he had a really good week of practice. He looked all really, really good at a lot of these drills where I was like, you know what? Maybe this guy can play himself into the, you know, draftable territory. I'm not talking. He's going to be a second rounder or anything, but he went from a very late rounder to like, if he does well in this game, he could be like, you know, a third or fourth rounder because that's exactly the conversation we're seeing around Rattler right now. Like Rattler could be QB four or five off this board. Like some people are saying he could go before Penix now, and I'll touch on Penix in a bit. Um, but no, Hartman just absolutely t- whatever goodwill he you know built up throughout the week, he absolutely destroyed it. He's got to throw the combine now. He had no if he killed at the Senior Bowl, there was an option of sitting in. We all know how much quarterbacks hate doing that. You don't have an option. You have got to throw the combine, and God help you if you don't do well there, because then you go instantly to undrafted mode ESPN released an article today doing the exact same thing we're doing where it was like, okay, these are the biggest winners and losers from the senior bowl. I almost said super bowl senior bowl. And here's where we project them to be drafted. He was a late seventh rounder. That was his projection. And honestly, I agree. He's just too inconsistent for his own good. Sometimes he looks great. Sometimes he looks bad, but man, like I, I, that honest to God might be the worst senior bowl performance I've ever seen. And I've, we've been doing the live stream for three years now, but I've been watching Senior Bowl since I was a you know like sophomore in high school. It's been well over a decade at this point. God damn, that makes me feel old. But yeah, no, in in the you know over ten Senior Bowls I've watched, that might be the worst performance I've ever seen. <clears throat> and it's actually funny because you brought up that you want to discuss Michael Penix, but overall I felt like the quarterbacks kind of lost in this senior bowl week. Like, I mean, there wasn't yeah. that much that I saw that really impressed me. Like, yeah, I think because by default, Spencer Rattler looked the best. That's why he kind of won. Four completions though. Like the best guy only completed four passes. And yes, he, he went 100%, but like still it's four passes. And I think that's why, by default, he kind of won the Senior Bowl MVP. But, I mean, it's like, yeah, we obviously talked about Sam Hartman and just he didn't look all that great. But then you got Joe Milton. And a lot of people were thinking that he could be a very good, Another you know, under-the-radar type of this one, This one I deserve the hate over. That one I will I will own. I, I said I like Milton better than Hartman. And whoo. Yeah, so Milton didn't look all that great. Then you got uh, Michael Pratt, the quarterback out to late. I was really hoping that he could be a sort of like, you know, serviceable starter at the next level. But he had back-to-back reps in the game where he almost threw an interception. And then he fumbled the snap, which got recovered by the defense. So that's not obviously going to help you out. Uh, Carter Bradley, the guy from South Alabama. I mean, he He's looked fine. okay during senior practice. But during the game itself, he didn't look all that great. Um, who are the other comebacks that played Bo, in this Well, game? Bo Nix only played Bo like, Nix what, looked- like he only threw it like three times. I think he played, yeah, one series, maybe two. That's it. And then, yeah, they took him out of that game. So, yeah, he looked all right, but he did not like wow anybody, especially with sort of the, you know, potential first-ground pedigree that a lot of people are grading on him. I did not see that in that game for sure. And also, he did not have the greatest practice week as well. And obviously, Michael Pettix Jr., I mean, he's still dealing with the injury. So, I mean, he practiced, but he opted out of the game. But just like even his practice was very up and down His practice as well. was shaky. And plus, I mean, let's talk about two of the biggest criticisms on Penix is how's you, how do you do under pressure? And we can't see that without, you know, game experience because let's be exactly. real. Like, even if you have pressure drills, they're not real pressure. Not and that's really easy. Exactly. The and then, structured. and then what's the second big, honestly, this may be the biggest concern about him is the injury history. So the fact that and I understand why he opted out, I'm not saying that was a bad decision. I'm just saying after a poor, poor national title performance, because like I said, I scouted quarterbacks. I said this during the live stream is I watched Penix's other games before I watched the national title game. And I was watching his other games. I'm like, that's why I love this guy. That's why I want him as a Heisman winner. And I was like, all right, 
it's it's time. It was the night before the Senior Bowl. I'm like, I, I have to watch it. I have to see what happens. I turned on the national championship game, watched every single snap he took in that game. It was like watching a completely different quarterback. I, I still don't have a good explanation for what happened other than he was put under pressure. So, you know, you have injury. So you have that doubt from the national title game. You can somewhat, not entirely, erase it after a good performance. He doesn't perform. And so it's just like, I don't think he hurt his draft stock, but he damn well didn't help it either. I think it just makes that next quarterback tier just a lot more murky, where it's like, obviously, you got yeah. that first tier with your Caleb Williams, your Drake, May, your Jaden Daniels. But after that, it's like, I don't know, just like, you know, just roll of the dice, it seems like almost. So, yeah, the combine's definitely going to be very critical for all these quarterbacks, as well as their pro days for sure. I mean, we're sort of saying that with all these prospects, but I mean, yeah, with the sort of like, potentially if you're trying to get that value in the second or third round because you just don't want to invest a first round pick on some of these guys you don't want to reach for it it's like you really need to do your homework as far as like who are you getting with some of these quarterback process because yeah they did not have a great senior bowl week at all for sure so yeah very very interesting for sure so i want to get to my loser here and tad this is actually a guy that i brought up before as a guy that you know we talked about this as far as like, you know, should they have declared? Should they have returned back to school? Who made the right decision? And this was a guy that I said that maybe he should have gone back to school. And I think he showed that during the senior bowl practice week. And then he ended up opting out of the game. So we didn't see him in the actual game itself. But that is Johnny Wilson, the wide receiver from Florida State. And I mean, you got a quick point on it before I get into I just, my notes here? I, I have to say this. And I will 100% be truthful here. Uh so we split up the scouting groups, obviously, with all our guys. Jamal took the tight ends. Al took the you know DBs and LBs. You took the running backs. I took the uh, quarterbacks and O-line. You took the D-line. Mm-hmm. Um, I truly did not know because I just like – I was like, that's not my position group. I just moved to apartments, so I was like, I, I'm not putting anything extra on my plate. I didn't really look at the receiver groups before this. I didn't even know he was part of the roster until yeah. I looked at your notes for tonight's episode. I was like, he was there? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And the fact that I didn't even know he was there proves he's yeah, he lost this week. Exactly. Exactly. So he showed up day one of practice and he looked just very shaky, like he was not able to separate the way that he was back at college. Um, He was dropping balls over the place. He just wasn't efficient in his route running and just really took a big stock hit at that point. He came back on day two. He was able to clean things up. He looked a little bit better, but it wasn't substantially better where you're like, it erases everything they did on day one. It's like, maybe you could sort of chalk it up to nerves. Maybe you could chalk it up to play against different guys, but still it's like, you're not going to get like a fresh approach when you get to the NFL. It's like, you need to perform right from day one, essentially. Otherwise you're going to be cut from a roster, let alone see action in the game. And so, yeah, for him to come in day two and sort of clean things up, I think that sort of is helpful, but just overall, there's just a lot of things that I sort of brought up before where it's just like he needed to work on these things. And I think he would have been better off going back to Florida State to improve those things as opposed to doing it during the draft process. Draft process, excuse me, because, yeah, this is absolutely going to kill his stock then. And, I mean, Tad, I think you have this number for me because we were just discussing this before we decided to record. It was just we had a lot of, you know, this is actually the first time I'm sort of seeing it. We've had a lot of opt-outs for the actual game, because I mean, we had a lot of people that were there for practice, but then unfortunately when it came time to the game, they just decided to opt out. So they just wanted to showcase their skills during practice. When it came to the actual game, they were just on the sidelines in a Jersey. Obviously you got guys like Michael Penix Jr. Dealing with the injury. So that's why he didn't play in the game, but there's a lot of guys that were healthy. And for some reason they're just opting out. So I think you have that number for us, right? I think I, I, I don't, I don't have the exact number, but I have okay. an over number for you and I'm not going to do over under with you. Don't worry, buddy. Um, <laughs> It, it, we, this is the crazy thing. It was just one team. This isn't even both teams combined. The, just sure. the national team had over 30 players opt out. Yeah, yeah. Over 30 players. And keep in mind, these are guys that largely participate in practice and everything. So this is not like, oh, you know, Sunday before the week begins. Sorry, I can't make it. That happens all the time, right? That's, That's when true. usually That's the small school guys get their chance because they're just like, fine, uh, Carter Bradley, you want to come? And he's like right there anyway. So he's like, okay, exactly. yeah, sure. <laughs> Which is, by the way, exactly what happened. Um, no, they usually try to get a local guy because right. uh, I well, brought they, that up they in the live stream. But he was not an original invite. He was sure. he was a replacement player. He was Keanu Reeves in the replacements. Um, hey, don't diss shame Falco. Hey, I will don't never diss shame. Uh, <laughs> I almost said Flacco. Uh, honestly, after Flacco's season this year, that that was pretty Falco. Flacco. Yeah. Damn. How did no one make that connection? Um, are we geniuses? Yes. 
But no, the point being is if one team had 30 opt-outs, I think American had around 10 to 15. Um, I'm a little worried this is turning into bowl season 2.0 where we're having a lot of opt-outs of guys who are just like, you know, kind of depending on their practice week, all of a sudden they're like, I'm out, which I don't necessarily hate as much because it gives more guys opportunities to kind of make a name for themselves. But at the same time, opt-out sooner. Because these 30 opt-outs were within like a day or two of the game. And you got to do so faster. Because those guys who do get to replace you are put at a disadvantage. Because they're not as familiar with this team as with the system, even as simple as it is. So, look, man, you want to go in there. Maybe that that should be an option. Practice only. You don't have to do the game. Just do practices. You opt out. We'll have your replacement ready to go, you know, for the actual game. That I think that is the logical solution. But that many opt-outs is crazy. And... Yeah, like I said, Johnny Wilson, like the fact that I didn't even know he was there. Um, it's not good because he was being heralded as a possible late first round prospect. I've, I've seen him mock initially. initially. I've seen him yeah. not even late first round, but like kind of like late mid. Uh, I've seen him mock to the Colts a couple times the last few weeks. And uh, I, no, any any possibility he had at the first round, barring an amazing combine performance, that's done. Yeah, I think initially when he was through the process before we actually got to this point, there are a lot of people mocking him in the first round, but I probably saw him more like after watching his tape. I saw him a lot as of the more of like a, as more of like an end of the second, maybe a third round wow. guy. But yeah, based on his uh, senior bowl week this week, I'd probably slide him into day three now, like early day three. It. But it really depends on how he tests the combine, if he can sort of like fix some of those things that sort of made him look kind of bad this senior bowl week, right? So we'll see about this. We'll see about this. But just, yeah, overall, not the greatest week for Johnny Wilson. It's sort of like reaffirming some of the things that I was mentioning in that episode where I was just like, I think he should have benefited. He could have benefited from going back to school for another year for sure. And Tad, really quick, you're talking about mock drafts. Uh, but I want to get your really quick thoughts on this one. So Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network. Oh, God damn it. Podcast. I I don't, but Jeremiah is just like the headline chaser where he makes these idiotic takes just because he wants to be like blow up on Twitter. So, all right, what the dumbass do now? So for the Colts, oh god, at number fifteen, he mocked Brock Bowers. You know, actually, that doesn't take me back <laughs> much because uh, take me up back much because I actually have seen that a couple times. Okay. Um, I just I don't see a world where Brock Bowers falls that far because a yeah, lot of these a lot of these mock drafts at this point are still too <clears throat> because of some certain co-hosts are a little too scared to still like pull off trades this early in the uh, in the off season. And so if Brock Bowers does fall out of the top 10, that would surprise me, but it also wouldn't shock me just because, I mean, you ha- you're going to have the run on quarterbacks. Then because of the run on quarterbacks, some good receiver is going to be there and not tight end, but actual a true receiver, whether it be Marvin Harrison Jr. or Malik Neighbors. One of them is going to be there for a team that did not expect that. I think it's going to be the Titans, unfortunately. I think the Titans are going to be like, he's still there? Yeah, we're taking him. Um, so I could see Brock Bowers falling. I don't see any pot in the Colts never trade up, by the way, we never trade up. So we're not going to trade up for him. And I definitely see some team hopscotching us if he starts to fall. So I think Brock Bowers is too good to fall all the way there. But if it happens, woohoo, man, I got, I already have my Jonathan Taylor Jersey. I might need to double down. <laughs> Not bad, but yeah, I want to get your thoughts really quickly on that because yeah, I saw that and I was like, hey, it's not a bad fit at all. It sort of it's kills not, my. It's a, it's a really good fit, actually. I like it. It a lot. kills my, you know, love of Jelani Woods as the uh, Colts tight end. But, hey, Granson. but that's what we've seen in this offensive system is that you know they love their you know good athletic tight ends between Granson and Woods. But the problem is both those guys. Oh, are Allie Cox too. Yeah, exactly. Both all three of those guys are fine backups. But we need a true number one guy at the tight end position. And uh, especially a guy, but the thing that impresses me the most about Brock, do you see the path he led me down on now? The thing that impresses me the most about Brock Bowers is uh, for his size, which I want to say is 6'4", 230, 240, something like that. Um, He's a really impressive blocker as well. He is not just, you know, I don't want to say Mark Andrews, but, um, you know, like a, how about this for a throwback name? Uh, he's not Delaney Walker, where he's just a big body. Oh. That's just kind of like a, a slot tight end. He's not that. He is actually a really solid blocker as well. Nothing against Delaney Walker. Sorry, buddy. Um, so, no, I, if Brock Bowers falls to the Colts, I, you will see the complete opposite reaction of what I did last year during the draft. I've said this on the podcast before, but my sole love of Delaney Walker is that he so returned a kick 
for a touchdown. Granted, it was a preseason game, but Doesn't I really matter. don't care. Doesn't matter. I really don't care. It's awesome. <laughs> Love that guy. What number did he wear with the Niners? Was he 46? Uh, 46, yeah. 46? 46. God, that was I awesome. think he wore the same number with the Titans, if I remember correctly. He wore it for too. a while, then he changed the 80s. Then he'd go back to like a normal yeah, number, like an yeah, 82 yeah, or something yeah, like that. I think that like sounds that. familiar. Yeah. But yeah, he was 46 with the Niners. And just, we didn't have Vernon Davis. I would have loved to see him finish his career as a Niner. But hey. Hey, now awesome. you got to use check. Use the juice man, yeah. Ooh, use check. George speaking Kittle of our friends at underdog, I wonder what some of his over unders are. That'll be interesting. He did score a touchdown at the Super Bowl last time these two teams split, but use, we're getting ahead use, of ourselves. To, fair, fair. Getting ahead fair, of ourselves. Yes, we're definitely no gonna fair. get that episode later this week. I'm, I'm yeah, itching. Those are some I'm itching. I got the itch. <laughs> But those are some of our winners and losers here, Tad. I think there's a few more that you want to bring up. You didn't want to go into too deep here, but just who else do you got as far as just some general winners and losers for the senior bowl? So bonus winners is uh, I'm going to try this, but this is a guy that actually after the senior bowl, this shows how much this game can help your stock is because I look, I read a mock almost every day. This guy was barely popping up. Like he was kind of like late round. And now all of a sudden he's in like everybody's top 15. And that is... Talisa Fauga. Fu- I'm going to say yes. I'm not, I'm not sure about that one. I think You're talking Fuaga. about the guy from Oregon State, right? He is the tackle out of Oregon State. I love yeah. this guy. I watched one game of his. I'm like, I love him. And then I watched another game of him. I'm like, okay, this was not just a fluke. He's legitimately good. So, uh, you know, stands 6'6", 340, super athletic. I think he's the perfect right tackle with left tackle, you know, uh, potential. So I think that this guy has solidified himself as a first rounder. He's going to be an interesting piece to watch in the first round. Uh, a guy that you mentioned before, but uh, Cody Schrader, the running back at Mizzou, you know, I got to bring him up, the hometown boy, uh, home state boy. Uh, he really killed it. The second Monty Bailey stepped out, Cody Schrader stepped right into his place. So he had a really, really good week, and he's going to be, you know, in that second, third round consideration. Uh, Christian Haynes, you know who he is? I'm not familiar with Christian Haynes. I'm so happy he did well. He he did well. First off, he went viral on Twitter this week, and then I was like, all right, fine. How good is he really? Because of uh, he went to UConn. And I was like, all right, how good is this guy really? And I watch him. I'm like, oh. My God, what were you doing at UConn? He's an offensive guard, and he went viral on Twitter because he went up one-on-one in those drills against a LSU defensive tackle. And the def- first off, he held up against defensive tackle, and he got, you know, the DT got a little mad and started pushing him. And I'm not even joking. Haynes grabs his helmet, rips it off his head, and then throws it away. It was impressive. awesome. Impressive. It was awesome. And then, like I said, I watched his tape. He really impressed me a lot. Honestly, and I got yeah, just got a little deeper, so I'm not playing my flag in this take yet. But as of now, he is the best guard in this year's draft, and he's out of UConn. How crazy is that? Um, so those are my winners. During uh, Luke- UConn also produced Donald Brown. How dare you? <laughs> How <laughs> dare you, sir? Because <laughs> you're talking about UConn, so I was like, yeah, they produced damn- Donald Brown. <laughs> In case you don't know that. But on first. the flip side, they did produce Travis Jones, their defensive tackle, who's with the Baltimore Ravens. Thank Rams. you. I was, I, was I was trying to remember who Travis that was. I was trying to remember who that was. There we go. Uh, losers, I'm at, we don't need to spend any more time on this because I'm not even joking. Here are my three losers. Michael Penix Jr., Joe Milton, and Bo Nix. Yeah. Like I said, we, we brought that up with the quarterback class. They yeah. did not help yeah. themselves yeah. with this senior bowl week at all, for and sure. The worst part, it wasn't even Bo Nix's fault. They should have played him more. Yeah. Yeah, so it is what it is. But yeah, the Senior Bowl has now come and gone. The East West Shrine game has come and gone. The next step will be, of course, before we get to the combine, there's the HBCU Legacy Bowl. We'll definitely oh, be shit, giving you a that. preview and a recap of that one as well. Uh, but yeah, then the next big one, I should probably say, uh, is uh, the combine. I mean, we'll it's be coming. going through be all here that before for we know sure. It. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's going to be the next big step in the draft process here. So, we got you covered with that. Uh, but, yeah, like we were sort of getting into earlier, I mean, guys, we're going to be doing our Super Bowl preview and prop bets and just the overall just, you know, Super Bowl-related show later this week to sort of get you ready for the big game. You know, I'm excited because my Niners are going to be in it. Uh, Tad, actually, it's actually funny because I was talking, thinking about this. I was like, we started this podcast the year after. After the Niners were in the Super Bowl, because we started this mm. in 2020 and they had literally lost earlier in the year because the Super Bowl was in 2020. And then obviously then COVID and all this stuff happened. But just like, yeah, so we didn't get to talk much about that Niners Super Bowl, just how excited I was. Now you're going to see that excitement of this later this week because, I mean, yeah, I'm super stoked that they're in the game and it just hopefully it should be a good game. Hopefully they can exercise some demons. But 
We'll get into all that later this week, so make sure you're tuning in for that. But, guys, make sure you're following our socials. You see the little banner there down below. And, of course, you're going to see the ticker come across right there down below as well. You got me at Arm of the Side 23. You got Tad at Tad Side 94. got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And, of course, on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. Interact with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what you thought about the Senior Bowl, what you think, who you thought were winners and losers. Did you watch the Shrine game? Who did you think was good in that game as well? And just overall, who are some prospects that you want us to spend some time on? Because, yeah, me and Tad are going to go heavy on homework now. So please let us know if there's a guy that you want us to scout for your specific team that you're like, I want to know how I feel. I want you guys to scout this guy for my team because I think he could be a good fit. We got you covered. So the only way we know about that. Hit us up on our social media handles. And, guys, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, just hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with our podcast episodes. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, guys, please, we had a lot of great guests on the live stream from LEFB Network. They're all at Radio Row right now at the Super Bowl. Are they so actually? I didn't know that. Jamal brought that up on the live stream, you dickhead. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't listening. That was either Literally when I, I left. Yeah, no. But, yeah, we got a lot of great people out at Radio Row covering the uh, the Super Bowl this week. They're going to get a lot of great guests, a lot of great content. Even though none of the L.A. sports teams, none of the L.A. football teams are there, they still got you covered with some great content. So make sure you're supporting them. Though, Go to the website. Check out all the great content there. Sub uh, subscribe to all their social media handles. Um, anything and everything. Support them because without them, there is no us at all. But, guys, I mean, to everybody who's already doing that, who's subscribing to our podcast, who's interacting with us on social media, who's, you know, watching the YouTube videos, who watch the live stream. We can't thank you enough if you tuned in for those three hours. That was really fantastic of you if you were able to find some time to do that. But, guys, to any way and anything that you're doing to support our podcast, we really can't thank you enough. And like Amir said, if you have a prospect that you want your thoughts on, if you have a guy that you want your thoughts on further, whether it's a guy we've already scouted, I'm more than happy to share that. My new goal is two prospects a day from here on out until we get a little well, closer. Yeah. I also have some you know, other career. I have two jobs. So the teaching yeah. thing is going to keep me busy. But the good news is after April 9th, my schedule opens up a lot more. So my goal is to have at least 200 players scouted by then and then go real hard on everybody else from April 9th up until the draft day. So if you want to help me prioritize that, who should I start with? Who should, I don't care if it's the smallest school guy, I will do my best. I pro I, I don't promise I'll find something, but I promise I'll try my best to find it to track down any type of tape or analysis I can find of him. I do have, several sources within the NFL scouting world. So, you know, maybe they can help me out. So, you know, we're here to make you happy. What do you want out of this draft process? You let us know. What episodes do you want to see? You let us know. What segments do you want to see? You let us know. We are here for you guys because we care about you guys. We appreciate all the support. And so as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And please stay safe.